For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, friends. I'm Ashley Kramer. And I'm Brittany Labby. And this is More Than a Season podcast. With the help of men and women across all sports and levels, we dive deep into the highs and lows of the sports industry. No topic is off limits as we discuss the struggles and stereotypes while celebrating the successes and community that comes with this lifestyle. So whether you're a coach's or athlete's significant other or just enjoy talking about sports, you are welcome here. Let's take a look beyond the season and get started with today's episode. Hey, it's Ashley. And Brittany. And we're back. We're We're finally back. Yes, and we're in the groove again. It feels kind of nice. <laughs> I know. I feel like we were gone for so long. It was only a month, but it feels like a really long time. <laughs> it feels like a long time. I know we always joke that we're like sister wives because we le- we live like one road over and then we do the podcast stuff and then, you know, same team. So I feel like we see each other um, almost <laughs> daily. Yeah. It's been kind of weird. <laughs> I know. We haven't seen each other in a long time. I'm still in California and it's been almost like two months now or it will be by the time I get back you have a birthday this week I know I'm turning 30 are you excited (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah I'm excited but I feel like this is the last birthday you can really like celebrate and I was talking to my uncle about it this past weekend he said 30s exciting 30s good you don't want to turn 35 (laughs) and I said okay I'll try to post that off as much as I can I think it's so funny because the questions that you know once you turn 30 or like even once you're in a relationship or whatever I saw this like uh TikTok the other day and it was this guy and every time he was asked a question his voice would get like higher pitched higher pitched (laughs) and it was so funny because it was like when you're dating it was like when are they gonna pop the question and then when you get engaged it's like when are you getting married it's always the next thing it's so funny and people always ask that I know I've gotten asked when we're getting married like three million times and I told Drew if I had five dollars for every time somebody asked me I would be a millionaire you would never have to work again (laughs) I know but it's always weird because it's like how do you even answer that it's like I don't I just tell them, why don't you ask him? This is a him problem. (laughs) This is a him problem. (laughs) It's not like having kids. Like, that's a decision between you two, you know? Yeah. Why why do they always ask the female when you're getting engaged? Like, I know. know. If I knew, it wouldn't be exciting. It wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, I think that's always hard. It's like, I don't even know what to say with that. So, for everyone listening, we've been brainstorming. Um, We always try to you know, create bigger and better things and try to like use this platform for good 100% of the time. And what's really nice with the relationship that Brittany and I have had, and we're still growing and we always try to keep our minds centered on what is the best content to create, because I feel like it's not just to like grow people like followers just Mm -hmm. to have numbers and 
you know, just to push things out there that are meaningless, we always try to circle back together and be like, okay, well, how can we tweak this? Yeah, I agree. I think we always try to focus on what you guys want, which is sometimes hard because we are only in football. So we don't know what our baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, track, wives, significant others need. And so it's always important for us to ask those questions to you guys. And and whenever we do anything, we are just trying to push it back into the brand just so that everyone knows that out there. We're not trying to sell our souls so that we can make some money. Like it would be nice to not have to do other things on the side so that we could focus solely on the podcast. But just so everyone knows, we are constantly thinking about different ways to innovate and create different content for our community. And so we thank you guys for being here and for listening and if there's any friends that you have or any anyone on your team that you talk to if you want to push our podcast to them and just grow our community because it definitely means more than you even know for me in the beginning I had to you know get out of this mindset of well it's not football or it's not this sport so it shouldn't matter to me and I think you know we were just talking a little bit ago and I've learned so much from women in other sports and different perspectives just because not saying that someone's journey is like more difficult than somebody else's I mean that's just the way life is it's like some chapters hit harder than others at different times but I feel like as an individual like me I feel like I've learned more from other sports than my own because it's been a different perspective and yet it still comes back to the same like rooted answer of like you're supporting a significant other in the sports industry. Right. So I don't know. I just, I feel like once you get past of like the whole thing of, well, it's not my sport, then you learn so much more than what you could have thought. Right. We're just so blessed because we have a really great community of women and we constantly get messages that just make our day. So if you're ever hesitating on if you should message us, you should because that just makes our day better and we can grow our community and make it more of what you guys are looking for. That's really the goal at the end of the day. We've already met so many amazing people through the podcast. Ashley actually got to meet one of our one of our amazing followers in person because she just moved to Starkville. Crazy the sports world is so small and that's why we're we push this concept so much is because you never know who you're going to end up in the same town with yeah it was it was so cool because you know we got a message and she had just moved here and it's funny if she hears this she's gonna be like dang this girl is talking about me (laughs) again (laughs) because I mentioned on the stories on Saturday I just thought it was such a cool concept because after sitting we had coffee we were talking and um it was just connecting the dots of where she has lived, where I have lived and what she's learned along the way and, you know, how her relationship, how they've like grown over time. It was just really cool to hear. But, you know, it's so funny is like because the podcast felt like I already knew her, Mm -hmm. but there's so many of y'all that I feel like I know you in some way or form, even though we haven't chatted in person. I think it's kind of cool. It is cool. I think it's really cool too. We posted the other day on our stories. If you don't follow us on Instagram. Who have you met through our community? The responses were amazing and some really cool responses that people have met each other due to the podcast. Maybe they were on an episode or maybe they were on our stories or maybe they just connected in the comments and that's the goal and that is where we're headed. So we just wanted to remind everyone that's listening that 
we are headed in the direction of inclusivity and positivity and boosting each other up whenever we can. I think that, you know, we have a lot of new things that we're trying to come out with. So y'all will be excited to see that when it does come out. Um, But if you are ever bored and you're wondering like, hey, why don't they do this? Like always leave a review or DM us. Like we always appreciate it. So yes, we do. And with that in mind, this episode is a new perspective that we haven't touched on before. We're actually talking to a DFO wife, which if you're not in the football industry, a DFO is director of football operations. And so we haven't touched on that side of the house yet, which is really, really cool for us to be able to share this position with everyone that's maybe not in the football industry. I think if you are, or maybe you just got into the football industry, you understand what a DFO does, but from people on the outside perspective, you might have this in your respective sports. And it's really cool to be able to see all that this position takes on and in turn what their significant other has to take on as a responsibility to their staff and their significant others. It's a really good perspective because this position, like when you are the significant other of like a coach or a player, like you think that there's certain, I mean, you know, there's certain things that come with that role and whether you're told that or not, it like naturally happens over time. So I was just like, so blown away that I learned so much about a position that we've had for years (laughs) years, and I didn't really understand what the significant other has to play. And I feel like there's a lot of leadership. It's Mm -hmm. like a leadership role because a lot of the time, you know, there's all these details and I don't want to compare it to like an event coordinator, but this person that's the DFO has all the ins and outs of what's going on within that program. And I was just blown away about their responsibilities. Yeah, there's a lot. And with that, the significant other has some secrets that they might have to keep and things like that. So we won't ruin any more of what they do. We'll let Lindsay explain it since she is the specialist in this area. But we hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you on the other side. Have you ever had anxiety that completely stops you in your tracks and makes it hard to move forward? Or felt like you couldn't get your mind to stop racing so you could get some sleep? We have each experienced this and the only products that have helped us get through these times is Premium Jane. Premium Jane CBD has a variety of organic USA grown hemp products, including oils, gummies, bath bombs, and capsules to help you get through whatever life throws your way. You can get 20% off at premiumjane.com by using our promo code MTS20. That's MTS20 for 20% off. Hello, hello. Hey, friends. We are so excited for the best time of the week. We have another wonderful interview, and we're going to kick it on over to her to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Lindsay Thompson. Um, My husband is Josh Thompson, and he is the Director of Football Operations at the University of Louisville. We have one son. His name is Jacob, and he will be 13 next month. So we're excited to have you on and we're excited to kind of dive more into the director of football operations side of things. So if you could explain what that means to some of our listeners that aren't in football and some of the listeners that might not know what that position entails. It is basically what I say is a catch-all. I always tell people my husband works for the football team and then they think he's a coach and I'm like, no, he does contracts academics, 
someone needs a fan for the room because their air conditioning went out, bowl game prep, bowl game is his entire thing, hotels, all the behind the scenes things. He's basically the right hand person to the head coach. Yeah, I think that this position needs to be explained and glorified a lot more because there is a lot that goes with it. You know, a lot of it comes with an event side of planning background like of that because you have all these moving pieces and different sections. And not only is he given one piece to work on, he'll have other moving parts that are coming up on the tail end. So I think that it's an incredible role that's not glorified enough because, you know, you don't see them on the football field per se, but they are doing all the behind the scenes things. So I want to know kind of where the career started. And I know that that's where you are now, but where have y'all began? When I met my husband, he was a high school girls basketball coach and I was in grad school. And he said to me, we were dating. I'm just going to try put my application in for Troy University to be a grad student. I don't know if I'll get it. We just got, actually we got engaged in October and he did this in November. Well, he finds out in December that he gets it. And so he's like, so I'm moving to Troy, Alabama. And I was like, okay. So he did. I finished up grad school until that May. And then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, because that's where I'm from, for about nine months until our wedding. And then we got married, of course, in January, because he worked football. <laughs> and then he got his first real job in San Marcos, Texas, at Texas State University as ed equipment director and we always joked then too I said I wanted it to start with an A and it did it was Austin not Atlanta and so we moved there and we were there for two years and that's where we had our son and then he had been an equipment manager at Appalachian State University during his college years and coach Moore who had been there well for 25 years by the time he retired he had asked Josh to come back and be their equipment manager. And at that time, I was pregnant at a high-risk pregnancy. So he said, hey, can we wait until the following year? And so we waited, and we ended up going back. So he was the equipment manager, kind of, I want to say, low rung on the totem pole. And we did that for about three years. And then... <laughs> The third week of the season, so we're in season, it's like October, it's on a Saturday of an off week, uh, Josh is playing golf, or is about to, and he gets a call that from our DFO that he has decided to change careers. And so he is quitting, and Josh is going to be the DFO. And so Josh is like, okay, and he had <laughs> followed him up to this time, like, you know, kind of mentored him. So Josh wasn't like fully unprepared, but it was still a big deal. Um, physically, his his office was in the equipment room, which was the bottom of the basement. And now he's moving up to the fourth floor and he's got a totally different job. So yeah, he took it like running that day. So that's probably been nine years ago. At that same time, Coach Satterfield was becoming the head coach at Appalachian State. And so we were with them until we moved to here, Louisville. So we were with them at, at App State for about six years. And then we won a game on a Saturday. Satterfield interviewed on a Sunday and Josh got the job on a Monday. And he was actually supposed to be 
at a bowl game because that's part of his job because you're going to a bowl game in New Orleans. And Satterfield said, I need you here because you do all the contract things and help me out with that. And so he actually did not go to the bowl game that year. On Monday, he got the job. He was at work on Friday in Louisville. I applaud your memory. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, dang, I I can barely remember where I was the first bowl game I went to. I feel like that's not the typical case, right? Where you guys are kind of bouncing around different places because I feel like with a DFO, they're usually pretty glued tight to a head coach. And I know that you're going back to someone that you were already kind of with before, but is that usually what happens is they kind of move around with that head coaching staff? Yes. So that's what's different, even though we have a lot of similarities as a coaching family, that is something different where we don't have the flexibility of, oh, a job came open at a different school. Let me go apply for it. You pretty much know like who's in the other jobs at the other schools. If they did move, they're usually moving with a coach and you're the next person's going to move with their coach. You kind of latch on to a coach and move with them. So we've been pretty lucky with being with Satterfields. I think this role is something that's just so interesting to me because with football, you know, there's 10 or 11 coaches that are, you know, picked for the position coaches, but with the DFO, there is usually one first school. And so Mm -hmm. the pool is very small. And I do know that loyalty is big because once you are with that head coach, you stay with them. I want to ask for, you know, all these positions that he was doing leading up to this, they were all different. So he didn't have this path where he was like, I'm going to be a DFO and this is the path you take. He hopped around. So as you being the significant other, were you like, what are we doing here? Or like, did you always know that this was the end goal? Oh, no, he absolutely loved being an equipment guy. And when he gets the opportunity to have his hands in designing a uniform, if you were to see my house right now, we probably have 25 helmets because that is his deep down love. But this was an opportunity that he could move up and he could just kind of stretch himself. I think now at this point, he would just stay the way he is just because It gives him so many hands and different buckets with what he does that it makes the job interesting. But for you as the significant other, were you okay in the mindset when y'all were moving around and he was going from different role to different role? Or were you just like, it's just going to work out? Because for me, I am totally a control freak. So I'd be like, okay, well, if you're an equipment person here and you're doing something else here, I'd be like, okay, where where are we going with this? Yeah, I I guess I thought that we would be at Appalachian State for a lot longer. I really didn't have it on my radar to move again. I kind of looked at like the coaches' wives and was like, I feel bad for you. How does that work? You guys have to move so often. And then lo and behold, you know, we're moving. So I guess I just went with it because at some point, once he became a DFO, it's like, not to say his career overshadowed mine. But I knew that it was going to kind of take precedent. Yeah. You kind of mentioned previously a lot of women are kind of coming in and out as coaches' wives tend to move a lot. Is that hard for you to kind of – I feel like I would be like, oh, they're just going to move again. You know what I mean? Like you kind of get that like mentality since you're kind of the one that's like the standing pillar of this group, maybe with the head coach's wife. Yeah. I – like new people coming in. I like to 
like make sure people are included. And with what Josh does, he hires as part of his job. He's basically HR. And so I usually know when people are coming in, like we had a new QC come in first this year. And like that day he was picking up the guy from the airport. So like I reached out to the wife on Facebook and was like, hey, just want to say hi. And she's like, oh, you're my first friend in Louisville. And so if I can, I, I just like to be friendly. That's just my personality. And so, cause you may be on a different team with them in the future. Yeah. No, that's a great mentality and just practice. If we can have more of you and clone you <laughs> everywhere, I feel like that is just such a practice because no one ever tells you that that is a role that um, that you have to do that because you don't. Like we don't have to do anything technically because it's not our job, but I think that's great that you take that upon yourself to reach out and welcome people because we're all technically just trying to figure this out. And so awesome that you get to do that and you feel that that you can reach out to those that are new and coming in because I mean I've moved several times and I've been lucky enough to have that every place that I've gone someone reach out and say hey because a lot of the times you don't know anybody coming in especially if you're new to the football world so definitely feel that so I appreciate you doing that and I want to know with all of the incoming and outcoming of coaches that you've seen what is some like advice that you give to these new, you know, GA girlfriends or wives or QCs that come in to just kind of get familiar with everything? I just try to familiarize them with what goes on. Like this is kind of how it works here at our school, at least we're very family oriented. So, you know, here's the group text. I'll try to make sure that, you know, you're added to it. Uh, these are some of the things that we do in a normal year, of course, this past year has been different because I've been with the same head coach for many years. It's just, you kind of get used to, okay, well, just to let you know, like usually, you know, Josh will reach out to you guys and, you know, get sizes of things before the season starts and tickets are going to be coming out. And, you know, head coach usually has a Christmas party and we get together for these couple of things and, you know, she gives us little, you know, trinkets and gifts before the season starts. And just because they don't know, like I actually just had coffee with a newer wife the other day and she's had many different experiences. And I always think it's interesting to hear the other coaches' wives describe their experiences because I don't have many to, to talk about. I feel like that's like what it's all about is we're all in this together and finding out that information is important because we you know, I think a lot of us women strive for routine and we like to have things outlined for us. And a lot of the times, you know, your husband seems like he's very detail oriented. And I think being a TFO and an equipment manager, you have to be because they have so many different things that they're juggling and balancing. So, but I think for our perspective, our significant others sometimes drop the ball on that. So having someone else being able to like, okay, this is what we typically do and this is what you need to do. Do you ever feel like a pressure with that? Because I know with bowl games and things like that, there's a lot of details that go into it. And I've worked at the Alumni Association, so we work hand in hand sometimes with the DFO on like some logistics and things like that with, you know, different events. Do you ever feel like pressure with knowing some things ahead of time and not being able to tell people or like having that that boundary it can get dicey sometimes when you know things because he's in the know and he'll tell me things and 
there's just certain things that he's like, Lindsay, you can't repeat this, you know, or you heard over the conversation, it can't be repeated. But a lot of stuff, I kind of act as the mirror to him, I feel. And I actually really like that role. I like to be able to be the one that has the answers for the wives. So a lot of the wives will reach out to me because they don't want to bother my husband and ask about when tickets come out or somebody asked me this past weekend during a recruiting event, there was certain dress and, you know, do they need to follow the attire that's said online? I mean, just all kinds of answers. So I like to be a resource and help out in that way. Yeah, I think that that's a cool role to have just because even if it's not assigned to you, like (laughs) you don't have to do those things. But then again, I think that it's wonderful that you have taken that role upon yourself. And I want to know with your son, how old is he now? He'll be 13 next month. Yes, that's wonderful. So I want to know with the moving, so has it has he had to go through a transition where it was a little bit tough moving? No, we just moved here just over two years ago. We've been here two seasons. So that was the toughest because the only other move he had to make was when he was nine months old and he doesn't remember that. So he moved when he was in fifth grade and he called, even though he was born in Austin, he would call Lenore, North Carolina, which is just south of Boone his hometown and he went to school with those kids from kindergarten to fifth and we're actually going to be visiting there in a couple of weeks but that was tough he actually found out that we were moving by looking at my husband's computer and seeing some then say that Satterfield was moving to or taking the job at Louisville and so then he questioned it and he cried and then he got on Xbox and told all his friends And then we moved and it was exciting because it's just the three of us and he just wants to be wherever his dad is. So it was hard. That was the first time that we had to stay back and sell the house and let him go ahead and without us. But now that he's gotten here, it's just, he would move back honestly in a heartbeat only because that's where like his true friends are. We've had one season here before COVID and then one season with COVID And so he just really, I think all of us as a, even a staff is there's just not been a lot of time to really get super acclimated in the new city. I hope he gets that now. I know that it's tough being, you know, young and growing up in this industry, just because you're trying to figure it all out and kind of, you know, wanting to see how the pieces are supposed to be moving and you're trying to grow up and make your own friend group. And I feel like it's hard at any age, even if you're an adult, but have y'all had that conversation of in the future, you know, how you would make the decision if you move or not? How have you guys talked through that parenting side of it? Honestly, he would be okay with moving as long as we were moving closer back. (laughs) He knows that it is what it is and it comes some perks come with this job and some, I guess, not so good perks in the sense that you move away from your friends and family. We've never been near family as far as like in St. town with any of our family. So he's just kind of used to that. Like as long as he's with his family, I don't think he'll really care so much. And I guess on the good side, we only have five more years until he's in college himself. And so I, I think that he's just kind of going with the flow he seems to have gotten that I know a lot of football kids kind of get that with what their parents do is it's going to happen I'm going to make new friends luckily when we came here we came with a group of coaches and their kids and a couple of the other 
coaching families, their kids go to the same school he does. And so that kind of helped a little bit too. He sounds like he knows he gets it because if he saw that he was moving, the coach was moving and then he's like, oh, well that, I know what that means. Like he at least understands, you know, that side of things, which is, which is crazy that the things that kids pick up and, you know, they are resilient and that's what we've heard over and over and over again. But I think it will just benefit him when he does have to go to college and then, you know, he's already used to that. He's used to leaving and, you know, being away and things like that. So what do you guys do to find time for each other as a family? I know the DFO schedule is a little bit different than than the coach's schedule and not in a better or worse way, just different. So what do you guys do to find time to, for each other? My husband and son play a lot of golf together in the off season. Uh, I need to learn still how to play so that I can spend more time with them. But we go, you know, beach trips when we can. It's usually same off season that coaches have usually, you know, June, July, kind of before the season starts. I mean, sometimes on weekends, you know, we'll get to go out to dinner together. You just never know with the DFO schedule when things are going to pop up. I think that's a little different from a coaching schedule where you just have practices and, you know, player dinners, or it's a little bit more regimented, I guess, workout schedules where you get a call at two in the morning about something or be gone at 6.30 in the morning to get ready for something like with COVID, that just totally was different because we were testing so many times a week. And so he would have to go in early to get tested and make sure it was going well. And were players going to be quarantined and who was going to be quarantined and how did that change the travel schedule and were we even going to be able to travel? So yeah, we just, we try to fit it in when we can. No, that's good. I think that you just take the time where you can get it, honestly, at this point. I know that it's hard. You know, the longer I've been in the game, still a newbie considered to a lot of veteran women, but um, I figured out that you just kind of take the time and then you roll with the punches and go with it that way. This is kind of a behind the scenes question. I know that a lot of the times, again, with being a DFO, uh, there is a lot of things they know before the media, before everybody else knows what's going on um, with either job transitions or different things like that. I would have the most difficult time. I know that you have to, you cannot speak, but if I became friends with other women or you knew other women or anything in these positions, that would just be so hard to separate that line of professionalism versus friendship. Yeah, I think that's so different about what we do versus really any of my friends. I'm like, you probably don't even know your husband's coworkers, much less have to be friends with your husband's coworkers and their wives. So I think it's also interesting because guys, the way they operate and the way women operate. And a coach's wife once told me if our wives had the same relationships as our husbands do, sometimes it would be, you know, awful in a way because guys can disagree about something and get over it in the next hour and go on. You know, they want to run this play. They decide not to, somebody can't go on this trip and they just move on. Whereas with women, I just feel like it doesn't go that easy. So it does sometimes get tricky, I guess, when you know what's going on because you know the behind the scenes and then you just have to, I guess, put on a face, so to speak, pretend like it's not going on because it is a job and it is you have to separate the fact that you have feelings about what's going on because 
your feelings could impact this job. If I talked about my feelings to another wife and then that wife went to their husband and then at work, it kicked up a lot of stuff. My husband could possibly lose his job. It does get sticky, but you just kind of learn to keep it at home. So it's just between usually my husband and I. Here or there, I'll maybe talk to one wife about something that maybe goes over that professional line. Because I think you also do have to talk to people that get what's going on and are inside. Sometimes I even coaches wives that I've been with on different teams so that like they fit, but they don't like get what's going on. So yeah. I think it's a weird, it's such a weird weird. line because we've talked about it before is like, you just, you don't go there and yet you have a friendship with someone where it's like, you each know like what's happening, but then like, can't talk about it. And so it is just what it is. Like, it's that fine line of like, you're in this life, but there's like the professional line and then there's like the friendship line. So I definitely get that, how that's hard. Yeah. I also feel like it's so weird that their job is like dependent on things that we do. I don't feel like there's a lot of careers out there where that happens, right? Where you're dependent on like, if I talk to her about something or talk to you about something that could impact directly my significant other's job which is it's very mind-blowing and I feel like if you're new to this industry it's something that you learn really quickly because you're just not used to it even if it's like harmless gossip you know you talk about things that you're that you have in common with there's a bad side of gossip and a good side of gossip and if you just are talking about things you know you know that could also come across in a bad way and represent your significant other so that is a fine line and I always feel for DFOs and and chief of staffs and director of player personnel the people that are kind of in the middle of this because they sometimes know things and they have to like keep their mouth shut so that's a hard balance (laughs) but with that do you have something that you would tell somebody that's just getting started in the DFO lifestyle or maybe those roles it's different than coaching where I don't know a lot of other DFO wives I think I know maybe one I've gone to convention and met a couple but that's about it I mean Roll with the punches because you will get frustrated. I get frustrated with the fact that the phone rings all the time. And I know that probably happens with coaches too. I wouldn't exactly know, but him being present when he's home is hard. And I get that it's his job, but that's something that a DFO wife is just going to have to deal with is just that, like, you're never going to hundred percent have him there. Even when we're on vacation, it's really hard because things are still going on back home and he's dependent on so many other people doing their jobs. And if the head coach has a question about something, you know, or someone's contract didn't get signed or whatever it, he's like the buck stops kind of with him other than with the, the head coach. I mean, it's either one or the other, it seems, with a lot of things. And so he's always on the phone. And I think that I'm pretty independent and that helps. So I think a DFO wife would just definitely have to 
have their independence. It's wonderful advice just because you do gain a sort of independence. After your first season, you, you almost get hit in the face with like this reality of like, oh, wow, like I have to do a lot by myself. And you either, you know, sit and get upset about it. And there's times and waves, I feel like through every season where you feel like that. But then there's a lot of it where you mature and become this independent person in order to survive and thrive <laughs> by yourself. But I, I really appreciate all your honesty and just being open because this was, I mean, this was a learning experience for me. I had no idea about the behind the scenes. We see it, but we don't know the nitty gritty behind like all the details. And I think that everyone listening is going to appreciate it as well because it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too for people that aren't in football to understand it too because you see the glorified coaches or players or things like that and their families, but there are other people that are behind the scenes that are making all of this possible. So thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone that's listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.